Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's good to be here with you all this morning. I'm pretty pumped up about this new sermon series we're starting called Foundations, uh, Words to Build a Life on. As I was talking earlier, we're aligning all of the sermons and our Bible studies, our life groups during the week. We've got kids from zero years old all the way up to 90 years old digging deeper into God's Word. And as I said, if you haven't joined a life group yet, you can start one easily with your family or a couple friends. Just pick up the booklet, and uh, they're out there in the courtyard, and would love for you to dig deeper into God's Word. In fact, uh, we should be pretty proud of these materials. Uh, Chris Higgins, who's leading worship, he designed all this stuff, the graphics. They're awesome. We've worked together with a church out in Concordia, a Lutheran church in San Antonio, Texas, in a partnership. One of their pastors is teaching on uh, the videos as well. And uh, together, we've created a bunch of materials and resources that have gone out to about 400 churches in the United States. And so it's pretty cool. It's something to be proud of and also be humbled by God using St. John's in a powerful way uh, to bless others. Uh, anyway, we're talking about foundations. Uh, foundations, the words that we build our lives on. And we're not just talking about part of our life, like our work life or our recreational life or our church life. But we're talking about our life as a whole, our identity as God's creatures, as human beings, and what do we build our lives upon? What sort of foundation do we stand upon? It all starts in 1 Corinthians 3.11 that says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We know that, right? Christ is our foundation. He is the rock. He is the foundation for life and for history and for all of humanity and our identity as God's people. So we should at least have a foundational knowledge of his words and his gifts to us. Matthew 7, uh, Jesus said, A wise man builds his life upon the solid rock. And there's a version of the Bible called the message. It's kind of a paraphrase. And a pastor kind of took the Bible and wrote it in kind of everyday language. And I love the way he phrases it. Eugene Peterson, he says, These words I speak to you, they are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. The rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. That's what we're trying to do these next six weeks. We're trying to fix our houses to the rock, the firm foundation Jesus Christ and the words that he's given to us. We're going to talk about the word. We're going to talk about the gathering. We're going to talk about the water and the meal and the mission. But this morning, we're going to talk about the story, God's big story, God and his work in the world and how it comes down into our everyday lives here and now. And I don't know about you, but it took me a long time to kind of grasp what God's big story is, just to begin to understand what he's doing because I don't know about you, but I, when I started out hearing God's story, I learned a lot of little snippets here and there. There's a parable of the Good Samaritan. There is the story of a Jonah and a whale and Noah and an ark. And I heard of things like the Exodus. And, and maybe I heard about Jesus' death on the cross. These are big things. But the problem I had is that there kind of wasn't any order to it. No rhyme or no reason, no beginning or end. I was kind of looking at a bunch of different trees, but I couldn't see the forest right? I needed to go up to 30,000 foot to see the big picture. It took me actually too long. I don't think it was until seminary I actually saw 
the big picture of what God is doing, the cohesive order. I think part of the problem with it is that our inability to see God's big story is sometimes we consider our own stories too much. This past couple weeks, I've had the privilege to be a part of some big moments in people's lives. And in the world's eyes, the world kind of says that's the beginning and that's the end. Last Sunday, I held little Elijah Michael DeBoe, eight weeks old. I remember visiting him in the hospital just when he was born, and I was over in the sanctuary, and I held Elijah DeBoe, little child of God. Actually, he's kind of long. Have you ever missed Mr. DeBoe? He's a tall guy, but <laughs> anyway, I was holding a little Elijah, put the water over him, looking at this new life, this new creation, born, reborn. But the day before, I officiated at the memorial of Ted Millard, great man of faith. Yesterday, participated in Jim Bodie's memorial. And I was kind of set here in between these two things that the world kind of looks at as beginning and end, birth and death. And sometimes we get caught in that that's it, that's the story, that's all it is. And we live in an increasingly narcissistic culture, an individualistic culture. I mean, the proliferation of selfies, right? We grab our iPhones and we take pictures of ourselves. They even invented the selfie stick. I mean, inherently, that's not an evil thing, but uh, it might contribute to it, you know? I take pictures of myself all the time. We want a larger-than-life story, don't we? We want to post it all over uh, social media. We want to be the most interesting man in the world, right? <laughs> or a woman, whatever it is. But when we view our lives, our own stories, as the most important story, then we try to fit God into our story, like we're doing him a favor, right? Instead of fitting our lives into God's big story and his purpose and his role for our lives. And so that's what we're looking at this week, and we're going to dig down deeper this week during our life groups. But there's four basic words that kind of can summarize God's big story. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. That's it. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Would you repeat those after me? Creation? Oh, wait. You guys, overachiever down here, man. All right. Repeat exactly after me, okay? Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Can we do all four in a row together? All right. All right. Let's do it. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Creation, right? Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says that he created mankind. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In those words, we begin to see that we as human beings, we are different. We're different than the rest of creation. We are special. We're unique. We're created in God's image. We're set above the rest of creation. And we were entrusted to taking care of this world that God has given us. And we learn in that teaching that we don't have to view ourselves through the lens of what other people think of us. We don't need to find self-worth in how many likes we get on Facebook and how many pictures we take of ourselves. We don't have to be famous. We have a far greater identity. We were created by God and created in his image. My friends, that's huge. If you ever held a little baby... You've seen what that is. I was holding Elijah DeBoe last Sunday, and I was just reminded of our great God, our great creator. 
I mean, we get all pumped up about the new iPhone, right? Or the latest technology or whatever that comes around. But the most advanced technology ever created in the history of the world was the human being. I mean, the battery life on a human being, right? I mean, right? I got a little picture here of a little, a little guy. Isn't he a cute little guy? Yeah? pretty cute. It's a little grainy there. I tried to Photoshop a beard in so you would recognize me. (laughs) What's your story? You weren't just born to two human beings, all right? You were created by God. He knew you before the foundation of the world. I hope that you go home and take out your baby picture, find it somewhere in the cupboard or whatever, take a look at it and realize that you were created in the image of God. We see God's creation when we see and we hold a baby. We see it when we see the wonders of the world. You go to the Grand Canyon, you watch the sunset at the beach, you go, yeah, there is a God and he's created us in this awesome world. But that's not the whole story, is it? It's creation, fall. Fall. Adam and Eve, right? They were in the Garden of Eden. They sort of started viewing their lives through the selfie stick. They were taking pictures of themselves all the time. They put themselves over God. They disobeyed God. He only had one rule for them. Don't eat the fruit in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just don't eat that. Just one thing. Just don't do it. They tried to fit God into their story instead of embracing the role that he, they had in his story. And so Adam and Eve, they fell And brokenness came upon the earth, and we inherited this brokenness called sin. It exists out there in the world. We see it in the news all the time, but it also exists in our own lives. Bad stuff is done to us, and we do bad stuff from the very beginning. You see, when I was born, the doctor actually messed up. He failed. I don't know if you could see that image right there. He slipped, and he cut my head open. I got the scar. You can see it to this day. A little newborn head with 15 stitches across his head is not a good thing, right? On the one hand, it was a beautiful day, new life, God's creation, but it was scary. There was blood everywhere. Would this little child, this new creation, would he make it? Bad stuff not only happened to me as a child as it has to all of us, but I did bad stuff too, right? That's called the fall of humanity. My parents, they bought a brand new barbecue when I was about two years old, right? They got that thing roaring, the flames were going, and they told me, Michael, don't eat the forbidden fruit in the middle of the tree of the Garden of Eden. They said, don't put your hand on the barbecue. Don't touch the barbecue. It's hot. So what do you think little Michael did? I went over and played with some toys. I distracted my parents. I waited for my moment of glory. I snuck on over to that barbecue, put my hand right on the grill. I'll show them. This is my story, and I'm writing it, right? Off to the hospital we went with a little toddler with a burnt hand. We're fallen people. We do bad stuff, and bad stuff is done to us. It's been that way since we were born. Creation, fall. That's not the end of the story, though, is it? Romans chapter 6, verse 23 The wages of sin is death. That's the fall. Here's the redemption. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Creation, fall, redemption. Romans chapter 3 puts it this way. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They fall. That's the fall. But 24, all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ who healed and challenged religious legalism. Jesus Christ who fed 5,000 and demonstrated his control over all of creation. Jesus Christ who crossed social and religious and cultural and gender boundaries to bring truth and mercy to every human being. My friends, Jesus Christ led the biggest unity movement in the history of the world. Everyone was expecting a political regime, but Jesus brought more. He brought redemption. He brought an answer to the fall. He brought recreation, and that redemption, it came into your life at some point, right? I don't know how it came into your lives when you first embraced that redemption given to you. For me, it was in the waters of baptism. I have the certificate here to prove it. You can see it. Pastor John Geisler, his signature is on there, baptized here July 21st, 1974. I love having that certificate. I love having it up in my office at home, and I, and I look at it because it reminds me that I'm a baptized child of God. And that even though I've done bad stuff, even from the beginning, and that bad stuff has been done for me, Jesus has taken all of it. All of our sins, all of our brokenness, the sins of the world are nailed to the cross. Jesus took on death, and he gave us his life, eternal life. And we find that redemption all around us as God's people. We find it in his words. We find it in baptism. We find it in the Lord's Supper. We find it in the community we have in worship here. We find it. In a moment, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to taste and drink the forgiveness of sins, Jesus Christ himself. My friends, those are foundations, foundations to build a life on. But the story doesn't end there. Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Restoration. Every week we confess it in the creed. We say, I believe in the resurrection of the body, right? We say, I believe that Jesus is going to come again. And on that day, on that last day when Jesus comes again, he's going to finish what he started. All of creation will be renewed. All the sins of the world will be eradicated. And we, we will rise just as Jesus is risen. St. Peter put it this way in 2 Peter. He said this, In keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. That's restoration. John chapter, Revelation 21, St. John says it this way. He says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. What's your story? Last Sunday at church, I saw an old friend of mine. Her name is Rachel Audie. Uh, she's the daughter of Pastor Audie. Some of you may know her. When I was a freshman, or going to my freshman year in high school here at St. John's, she was leading a team of volunteers from St. John's to go up to the Central Coast to lead Vacation Bible School for this small, tiny church that didn't have a lot of people and to really reach out into the communi community. And she said to me, she said, hey, Mike, what do you, what do you, do you want to come with us? Do you want to teach a bunch of preschoolers uh, a VBS? And I'm like, eighth grade. And I was like, oh, you're kind of pretty. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> right? It was scary. It was awesome. Here I am teaching these little preschoolers. I've never done anything like this before. And she taught me, and I learned that while Jesus will one day come again to restore everything 100%, Jesus is at work here and now, bringing his restoration, bringing his redemption, and he's using broken people like you and me. He's using a broken church to do amazing things. What's your story? Are you trying to fit God into your story like Adam and Eve in the garden? 
Is your life characterized by brokenness because of the fall? Or do you find great joy? Do you find comfort? Do you find peace and grace and identity in the redemption that you have in Jesus? Do you see that restoration work that's coming? Do you see it coming forward, working through your life, bringing redemption and bringing restoration to the people around you in your life? What's your story? Yesterday, we celebrated uh, Jim Bodie's life. Uh, here's a picture of me and Jim at my installation. It was six years ago. Raise your hand if you know who Jim is. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to follow you. Your cue, Matt. You were strong yesterday. Okay, I'm not going to cry. All right? Jim had a huge life, right? A big life. And it wasn't because he was taking pictures of himself all the time. In fact, he came to my surprise birthday party last summer, and he had his camera there, and he was taking pictures of everybody else. Jim was created by God. He was a fallen human being. He was redeemed by God. And Jim brought that restoration to others, to all of us, because Jim loved you for who you are. You're a child of God created in his image. We'll miss his smile. We'll miss his smile and his words of encouragement. Jim is experiencing Jesus in a new way. And when Jesus comes again, when Jesus comes again to restore all things, all of us, with Jim, with Ted, with all of the loved ones who have died in the Lord, we will spend eternity worshiping in our Father's house. And that's God's big story. It's huge. It's far bigger, far greater than anything we could come up with on our own, and he's including us in it. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Our friends, that's one foundation that you can build your life on. Amen? Amen. Amen.